Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another episode of the Believing Kentucky podcast. Benny Hardy here. Appreciate y'all taking time out of your morning, afternoon, evening to listen. We got another fun episode. Like I mentioned in the teaser, there'll be cool guests, fun topics and things along the way. Well, we got our first ever guest. He also is part of the Believe Podcast Network. He hosts the Believe in Wizards podcast. We got Matt Moderno here to talk a little Wizards, a little John Wall. And so on and so forth, man. Welcome to Believing Kentucky, Matt. Appreciate you hopping on. Oh yeah, no, I'm great. Happy to be here. I'm I'm flattered to be the first guest. I'll, I'll try to live up to that. Oh man, for sure, for sure. The, the debut, you know, you set the bar, and everybody, you know, you're the leadoff hitter to Ricky Henderson, and everybody's gonna follow <laughs> your footsteps yeah. on here. Hopefully, whoever's batting cleanup then is is a little a little more powerful. <laughs> be able to knock you in, well, man. Definitely appreciate it, like I mentioned, and you guys definitely want to check this episode out. Hit us up on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, CastBox, wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and subscribe or follow, and it'll come to you each and every week. It'll come straight to your device, and be sure to rate and comment, and go to Believe.com. Go straight to the site if you want to. Interested in advertising, go to Believe.com as well, and let them know your business or product that you want to promote on the podcast. Man, Matt, Wizards, Washington Wizards, NBA. We got the John Wall connection, being a beloved former cat that's playing up there. But just take us back, man. Tell me about your Wizards fandom. How'd you got to cover the team from a media standpoint? How'd you got to be the fan? How you got to be the objective media guy? Tell us about how it all got started for you, man. Uh, well, I, I guess rather fortunately or unfortunately, depending on, on how you look at some of the years we've had, uh, I was kind of born into it. I've been a Wizards fan my whole life, or I guess partially a Bullets fan for my, you know, part of my life too. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, grew up in the area and, and love basketball, and, and this was sort of, uh, the, you know, the choice. Uh, I'm kind of more of a Baltimore sports fan uh, for, for most of the other major sports, but there's no Baltimore NBA team, so... Uh, you know, adopted the Wizards and, and sort of the rest is history on that front. Um, I went to the University of Maryland, I have a broadcast journalism degree. So uh, one of my internships was working on the John Thompson show and um, got to, you know, go to a, go to a couple uh, practices and games and stuff like that on, on their behalf. And, um, you know, wanted to get a little more into the media, but uh, it's a tough gig. I mean, people that, that cover the team year round, it's, it's a pretty rough life. And, um, you know, you don't get a super, uh, super lot of respect for, for how much work actually goes into that job. So, uh, I do not do this full time. This is just a nice side, ho- you know, side hobby for me. So it's, it keeps it a little more fun and fresh when you're still passionate about it. And that was one of the things I, I kind of saw early on was just, it's hard to be a fan of the game when, when you do this full time, but, but, you know, I think when, when you have a kind of a diverse set of stuff that you do, it, it definitely, um, 
it's definitely the highlight of my day, going to the game, being credentialed for stuff, covering games. So it's nice. I, I totally understand. Um, this isn't full-time for me either. I've you know, been able to be credentialed not every single game, you know, Kentucky football and basketball. Sure. Um, I've, you know, put the fan hat on when you're a fan, but then you have to put the, you know, press box hat on when you're Stuff. at the game. And <laughs> got to have a, you know, transition between the two. So I definitely know what you're talking about. Um, and, and you know, you're stepping into the press box, you know, with, the, you know, the Lexington paper, Louisville paper, you know, people that you grew up reading their articles. And now you're, you know, putting your media hat on with them. So I, I, I definitely get the switch and, and how you have to juggle both from time to time for sure. You mentioned that you are a Baltimore sports fan outside of Wizards. So I, that being said, I don't guess I have to apologize for being a Braves fan because you don't care about the Nationals. And I don't have to apologize about being a Cowboys fan because you obviously, I guess, don't care about the Redskins either. Uh, I, I, my wife is a, uh, is a Redskins fan, so I sort of, uh, you know, unofficially root for them as much as possible for the sake of a happy household. But <laughs> No, no apologies necessary there. All right. See, I was, I was, I was bracing. I was like, is he going to be completely Washington sports fan? And I'm going to have to begrudgingly tip my hat. Congrats on that World Series, and congrats to the Capitals. You know, I'm, I'm not a hockey fan, but you're just a Wizards guy more so. So, all right. We're sort of DC is sort of unofficial title town for the moment, though. You have a baseball championship, a hockey championship, and a WNBA championship. So, uh, yeah, not a, not a bad last couple of years. And anything to get it away from Boston for a minute. They've had it long enough. For sure. <laughs> um, some ties to Kentucky and, and Washington. I just learned this earlier this week. There's a show down here in Kentucky, Kentucky Sports Radio. It's a statewide sports show. Um, and they've just kind of been profiling each of the counties in Kentucky. You know, COVID, you don't have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. They hit one county a day. Kentucky has 120 counties. Whew, okay. Earlier in the day, uh, well, see, Monday they did Carlisle County, which is in western Kentucky, which is like bordering the Mississippi River way out there. I grew up in the other part of the state where Kentucky, Virginia, Tennessee meet, so I'm okay. complete other end. Carlisle County, their high school basketball team, I'm rambling, but I'm going to bring it all around and you'll see what I'm talking about. 1983, they were the runner-up in the state tournament in Kentucky. Kentucky okay. has 16 regions. David or Goliath, you win your region. Everybody goes to Rupp Arena. They do a seating. It's not Class A, Class AA. It's, you know, little uh, David school can beat Goliath on any given year. I like it. Carlisle County was runner-up in 1983. They lost to Henry Clay, which is a school there in Lexington. But they won 40 games, which they don't even play that many anymore. That's going to be a record that will – last forever yeah that's a long season yeah and one of their close losses here's where we tied all in was to baltimore dunbar it was a single digit game in 1983 they went toe-to-toe little carlisle county which is like farm rural on the mississippi river not a lot of people went toe-to-toe with with mugsy reggie williams reggie lewis um, I don't know if Muggsy will remember that game, but they went toe-to-toe, lost by single digits, which is an accomplishment in itself, considering that Baltimore-Dunbar legendary team. You just had Muggsy on Believe in Wizards the other day, which was awesome. He was chatting it up with you and Larry Hughes, and that was just so enjoyable to hear you guys. But 
you know, he probably don't even remember playing Carlisle County, but I just thought it was pretty neat that they got to play against Muggsy. The, the one thing I've noticed is a lot of these guys have pretty long memories on stuff like that. And, and as good as his teams were his last two years, uh, it wouldn't surprise me that, you know, the, the one or two really close games, are, you know, definitely still stand out. And, um, as you mentioned, that, that team had four NBA players on it. Uh, you know, Muggsy had a long career. David Wingate and, and Reggie Williams probably didn't um, have as big a, you know, aren't as well known in, in names, but they were pretty solid, you know, 10-year pros. And then uh, Reggie Lewis would have been, I think, a monster for the Celtics had, had you know had he not tragically uh, passed away kind of early. But yeah, those teams are ridiculous. If if Bird passes the torch to Lynn Bias and Reggie Lewis, the Celtics never slump. I mean, they just they just hand it on to Paul Pierce after they're old. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they get enough credit for that 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 they drafted guys like that. That, that you know, uh, Reggie Lewis wasn't exactly a. Uh, you know, a lottery pick or, or a big name than anybody expected. Obviously, bias was a pretty big deal going two overall. But uh, yeah, some some big names uh, from this area. Who anybody of note on on that team, the Kentucky team? From for this year, the Carlisle team. Oh uh, no, just the they said there's a lot of guys that still just kind of live in the area. It was okay. that's what made it so remarkable. Small, tiny school. And it just kind of clicked for them that entire season. Uh, they didn't have any any pros or anything on that team. Just a, a really good high school team. Um, any given day, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, still, you know, talked about, especially in that part of the state, but even, you know, it kind of branches out. A lot of people think they're one of the best teams to ever come out of, you know, Western Kentucky. They didn't quite win the state title, but, you know, 34 years later, people still remember – you know, watching what they did out there. Um, a couple more ties, Kentucky's kind of six degrees of Kentucky Wizards, Bullets. He didn't go to Kentucky, but you know, Wes Unsell is from Louisville, played for the Cardinals. Uh, I co-host another show uh, on Block Talk Radio, and my co-host is from Louisville. He went to Seneca High School, same high school as Wes Unsell, Went to school with some of his cousins and things of that nature. Gotcha. Huge murals in the gym honoring him. He took the then bullets to two NBA finals, winning one. So no doubt, I mean, a, a cornerstone for D.C. No doubt he's still beloved up there as well. You know what? That that championship was literally a decade before I was born. And, and all I've wondered my entire life is, will I see one in my lifetime? So <laughs> I, I wish he could have been born about 10 years later. Right, right. So you're born in 89? Uh, 88, yeah. 88, okay, okay. Yeah, that, that man's amazing, though. If you ever, if anybody ever gets bored and, and hasn't seen Wes Unseld play, uh, I mean, not especially huge. He's like maybe six, 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 seven. when when you actually look at, you know, kind of the guys he's on the floor next to. But unbelievable rebounder, uh, you know, up there. Uh, maybe you get some Kevin Love uh, responses now, but probably the best outlet passer uh, of any big man of all time. And is as good as it gets yeah yeah which i'm i was barely born when they won that title so my dad's you know 24 25 mm-hmm. um and uh, the other tie to that team you know west been from louisville but you have bernie bickerstaff who's an assistant coach on that team he grew up where i'm from my dad's <laughs> older brothers and sisters went to school with bernie uh, my dad was eight or ten years younger but he, I think, went – the Bullets were playing in Atlanta. Dad went to Atlanta, and 
met up with Bernie and Bernie took him to the locker room and got to meet Wes and everything. And, and he still says it because, you know, been to games and seen Shaq play in person and things of that nature. But Wes Unsell, my dad will not take any other argument. Wes Unsell is the, the biggest human he's ever seen, the widest, broadest yep. human I've ever met. Shook hands and, of course, it just swallowed up, you know, my dad's forearm. So I've heard those stories about, you know, meeting Wes Unsell. Bernie Bickerstaff still comes to our little bitty town, little bitty coal mining town, comes to visit every now and then. He'll come and stop by the house when he comes in to visit. But um, just another Kentucky, D.C. kind of connection. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I think Kentucky's just such a rich basketball state overall. You could probably pick any of the NBA teams and, and you know, do a, do a similar exercise. It's just I think there's so many tentacles in the – pretty much every franchise uh, it just when you put out that many high level players uh, i mean rex chapman played for the bullets for a certain amount of time like you you could you could run down the the list of uh you know kentucky based guys that that made an impact across the league yeah yeah um speaking of the the bullets to wizards change were you able to remember that did you care was everybody kind of up in arms about it what was the reaction when that happened uh, it, it was interesting. Um, so I was definitely on the younger side, but I, I remember, you know, the, the overall uh, fan reaction to it. I think uh, one of the, the interesting parts was the, the, the organization kind of did it as a, like a contest, you know, so submit your suggestions for names of the team. And I want to say the Wizards didn't even actually win, but they just sort of liked it of the top three. And, and that's sort of what they went with. Um, you know, Abe, Abe Poland, the the owner at the time, um, was really big about you know reducing uh, gun violence in the D.C. area. So he didn't want bullets in the name, uh, and I think that's obviously a reasonable move. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people have had a hard time giving that up, and it might have been a little easier to swallow if you know you'd had some like kind of real success under the Wizards, uh, you know, moniker, but. I've uh, been a little sparse for, for most of that tenure, so that definitely hurt. And uh, They were just starting to kind of come around uh, right around the time of the name switch. Had a lot of good like up-and-coming young guys and maybe didn't make the best ex- you know, front office decisions of all time and, and did some of the things you, you never want to see your GM do. They, they traded uh, tall for small and, and young for old, and uh, I, I think just kind of that got them a lot of bad will too. So it definitely didn't help the cause with the name switch and uh, just why wizard, you know, what's the, what's the greater tie. And um, I actually like it cause that's the team of my childhood. I liked the weird kind of teal gold and black jerseys, but um, I think I'm probably uh, in the minority on that. Right. Right. We're talking about Matt Moderno, believe in wizards. Definitely check them out on the believe podcast network as well. Is there a particular day that you record? And you're you're with Larry Hughes, so definitely we talk about that too. Uh, yeah, we, we put out a show every week. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of – there's actually a pretty good number of sort of uh, Wizards-based podcasts or, or even radio shows, but uh, very few of them have a former player perspective. And I think that's one of the kind of the high points of the what the Believe Network offers overall is, is the opportunity to get sort of a nice blend and, and representation of of who's doing the shows and um you know larry only played for the wizards for three years but he was kind of key in helping them helping them turn around so his first year of the team he played with michael jordan and and that whole crew so we've been talking a lot about the last dance recently um 
And I think probably everybody has to some extent just because there's just, there's no live basketball to talk about, but uh, yeah, Larry, Larry's great. I mean, he's, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be around a, a decent amount of pro athletes in my time, you know, covering sports and um, Larry's the nicest. He's just a first class dude. So it's really fun to just have like a, you know, an easy conversation with him. And uh, he runs a basketball academy in St. Louis where he's from and, and lives and um, just a really smart, you know, thinker of the game. So I definitely feel like I learned something every time we talk. So I think that's kind of the one thing that we're trying to offer is, hey, here's a guy that can not only tell you about the X's and O's, but what that coach might have said in that locker room or why that guy made that pass or what did he see that, that maybe, you know, the average fan doesn't uh, while watching or, or the sports writer doesn't see while, while watching. So, so we're trying to give folks this kind of a, you know, a, a different level of, of detail and analysis. Definitely. Their perspective is so much different than us who even, you know, maybe you played to a certain extent, you know, high school or some degree of college, but that level, you're right. I mean, they see it totally different and break it down and analyze it on a whole nother level. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it's a nice balance too. Cause I think, you know, I think sometimes the former players get accused of maybe they can't be super objective or they won't be as critical as you'd like to. So we try to take kind of two different approaches and, and try to find some middle ground. And I think it's doing pretty well for us so far. Hey, that's good. Good. Y'all be sure to definitely tune into the Believe in Wizards podcast. Go ahead and subscribe there to get Matt and Larry each and every week when they drop an episode. Um, and, you know, speaking of the last dance, like you said, this, you know, we've been hanging by, you know, in suspense, waiting for every single Sunday. The end of episode 10, you know, goes straight into SVP and Sports Center. It's another guy from your neck of the woods, too. Of course, he's a Terps guy, though, but um, they I'm went in. Terp, my guy. That's right. That's right. They went into, I think they they went to a little bit of Jordan from the Wizards and you know, his last point, his last free throw, his last assist, his last rebound. His last assist was to your guy, Larry Hughes. I, haven't, yeah. I did not remember that. I, I didn't either, and I, I haven't talked to Larry since I saw that. So uh, that'll be our first thing uh, on Thursday is, uh, you know, what does he remember about that moment? And I, I think a lot of times in the moment, it, you don't really know. Maybe it's your last something. So it, it's it's probably a little harder to appreciate it. But uh, just hearing him talk about what it was actually like to be around Jordan adds even more to, to this documentary. And we've had two other former Jordan teammates on in, in Jared Jeffries uh, and Brendan Haywood in the last couple episodes. And um, I think everybody's just still in awe of the guy, you know, even at, at around 40 years old, it was, they didn't mind taking a back seat to a guy like that because it's just, just the goat. I don't know what else to say. So no doubt, I mean, it's, it goes without asking. You were swept up in the, the thought, the as soon as you heard that the rumors, Jordan is coming, he's, he's going to come out of retirement and play for the Wizards in those colors that you love. Yeah. I mean, I can't, how happy was a young Matt Moderno? You know what, I mean, for me, I, I didn't get to see him live uh, as a bull, so I just – First and foremost, if he'd have come back for any team, I, I was would have been excited, I think, just for the opportunity to to try to see that once in person. And uh, the first time I saw him live, actually, it was against the Raptors, and, and he and Vince Carter just sort of went at each other. And it was just, uh, you know, unreal to see that even at 40 years old, just how smart and crafty. And um, there's a really interesting book for anybody that's kind of um, 
you know, into the last day and stuff. And it's definitely uh, from a more negative lens, but it's called When Nothing Else Matters by Michael Leahy that, that wrote for the Washington Post. And it's all about the behind the scenes of sort of the, the Wizards era, or the Jordan Wizards era. And uh, by all accounts, he was really terrible in the front office. So uh, I think the high point is definitely uh, definitely what happened on the court. But his knees were pretty shot. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think over the course of, you know, two two seasons, really played like one and a half. But um, it was kind of tough to watch at times, but just the highlights make it make it worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we fast forward to the the current team. Uh, as we mentioned, John Wall been out with an injury, injured at Achilles. Um, this time off is that kind of maybe helping him since they're not playing. He can just recover without you know missing games and you know kind time kind of standing still from that standpoint. You know, I was very curious because he had started coming back um, at, at the tail end before things shut down and, and was practicing with the Wizards G League affiliate, the Capital City Go-Go. And there's some video that leaked out of him just throwing down vicious dunks on people. I don't know if you've seen that, but it, he definitely looked like he had his spring back. And um, yeah, I, I think one of the things people don't realize is, you know, it, it is hard to come back from an Achilles injury, but um, it's also hard to play through other injuries too. And, and, and wall, you know, has been injured a lot during his career, but to his credit, he's, he's also played through a lot of stuff too. And I don't think people realize the whole year before he got hurt, he was playing with like a really bad bone spur on the back of his heel. And, um, you know, that's probably not worse than Achilles tear, but it's, it's definitely painful to have, you know, that digging into your Achilles area the whole time. So, um, he actually sound, you know, everything he says is that he's, that he feels better. And I think we might actually see, you know, maybe not a better version, but, but definitely somewhere if, if he's 85, 90% of, of what he was, that's, that's still a hell of a player. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm a little bit older than you already, I already established that, but I was, you know, in Kentucky, there's no pro teams, you know, sure. a lot of people like the Reds. That's the closest MLB team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was always a Braves slash Hawks guy. Atlanta was about six hours away. Cincinnati about four hours away. But guy Dominique Wilkins had that Achilles deal way back before the advancements of medicine now. And he came back and was still really good. You know, and he was a couple years older than John at the time. I think he was about 32, maybe 33 when his happened. So a little bit older than Wall. Um, and, you know, got better from the free throw line. He worked on some other things. Still had some of that explosiveness too. So, um, it's not a stretch to think that Wall could come back as devastating as that was and, and still be extremely effective. Uh, when you're as athletic as he is, I mean, even a little less athletic is still, you know, in, in the top couple percentage of, the, you know, percentile of the league. And um, it sounds like he's been using this time to kind of work on his jump shot. And I think sometimes players benefit from just being able to sit out and see the game a little bit, let things develop more. And not that you wish somebody would get injured, but I think there, there is easy case to make for, there's definitely some positives to come from that. And if the jumper is a little tighter, he's never been a great three point shooter, but um, you know, Beal's taken some steps forward as a ball handler and creator. So if they can play a little more play wall, a little more off ball too, and, and then he can still get to the rim and, and, you know, kick the ball out to, to shooters. Uh, I, I actually like uh, like the chances of him coming back and being pretty productive next year. And 
obviously his Kentucky teammate, Demarcus Cousins, had had some uh, some tough injuries the last couple of years, and and I, I think Wall's been picking his brain about how to come back from stuff, and uh, you know they're obviously pretty close, so for sure. If he can do it, if anybody can do it, I, I think we'll all do it because he actually is a, a hard worker. So. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, of Bill, because we're familiar with him from his time at Florida and, you know, Kentucky, Florida going at it in the SEC. What's that wall-Bill dynamic like? Sometimes you hear it's a little tumultuous. Sometimes you hear, well, it's fine. What What is it? What's, what's it like? Uh, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, at a certain level, everybody has a little bit of an ego so I, I would actually probably support the hey it's not great all the time notion especially early on I, I think some of that stuff that came up was fair um, but it, it's not like sort of what you know your national media presence makes it out to be where the two guys don't like each other like if you walk through the locker room they're chit-chatting and uh, it, you know it, it doesn't look like two guys that don't enjoy each other like uh, from from all accounts you know Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid uh, in Philly they're not hanging out outside of outside of the, you know, the games of the locker room, but, yeah. but Wall and Beal do that. Um, and I think um, Wall did a podcast appearance recently on, on all the smoke with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. And uh, you know, his mom passed away last year, um, actually this, you know, this past year and, and, you know, Beal left the team to go, to go be there and support him and, and, and be around him. And I don't think you do stuff like that unless you actually genuinely care about them as a person. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm sure there's hey how come you didn't pass me that ball that time I was open or or whatever but it, it, there's no hey these guys hate each other and one of them has to be traded because they can't get along I think stuff like that's pretty ridiculous yeah absolutely and let's see I have one more thing too oh the community was was you know he's been up there in D.C. for you know a decade now you know left a baby faced kid from Lexington and, you know, full grown, almost 30 year old man up there. What's he like in the community? Uh, what is I mean, the fans like him on the court, but off the court, how's, how's he proceed? What's everybody think? Uh, I mean, I think by all accounts, he's, you know, he's a, a first rate member of the community here. You know, Thanksgiving, you always see him doing turkey drives or coat drives in the winter and, and, and things like that to try to give back. And uh, it just, you know, he's obviously from, from North Carolina originally, but I think, you know, D.C. is definitely an adoptive home. And mm-hmm. it's just a tough situation because he, he definitely does take some slack from from a reasonable percentage of the fan base that, oh, you know, that that contract is an albatross or an anchor and, you know, I wish we could amnesty. And, uh, you know, I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, the D.C. hasn't been had the best track record as a basketball franchise. We haven't brought in a ton of free agents. Um, yeah. You know, I think the Supermax is is a, just a bad a bad setup anyway, but I, you can't blame them for offering him and for offering that to him, and you can't blame him for taking it. It's just sort of unfortunate that, that it hasn't really worked out. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not always the – like the fadeaway 18-footer off his back foot with 18 <laughs> seconds on the shot clock is not my favorite basketball play of all time. But, uh-huh. but overall, I think, you know, as a – as a Wizards fan, you, you, you can't knock what John Wall's done for the team, and he's brought legitimacy to them. They've made a couple of really deep playoff runs. and yeah. I, I did an, an article, uh, you know, around the end of the year about the, the top 100 Wizards of the decade, and that list is, is very slim pickings. I mean, 
they have not done a great job of surrounding him with, with like real talented guys. Um, so the fact that, uh, you know, he and Beal have, have gotten, have been, you know, a couple of plays away from an Eastern conference finals twice, uh, says a lot about what they did. I mean, I think you could easily make the case that, that Marcin Gortat is the third best wizard of the decade. And, uh, while a solid player, he's not, he's not an all-star, he's not a big name. And, um, you know, so that that goes into what Wall's done for the team for sure. Yeah, and hasn't gotten in trouble, hasn't heard any silly boneheaded stuff off the court or the opposite of that. that. Yeah, Yeah, he's been a he's been a great citizen, and um, you know, by all accounts, too, he's a really good locker room guy, and 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 really good with um, you know, a lot of players. A couple games I I was in the locker room this year, and, and he wasn't playing at the time, obviously, but he was walking around and he saw him with his arm around a younger guy and you could see him kind of pointing things out and drawing up plays. And, um, you know, they, they called him the, the highest paid assistant coach in the league this year, but I think there's something to that. The, <laughs> yeah. the guy has like an unbelievable memory for, Hey, you remember four years ago, that one random regular season game where we played the Hornets and this happened. It's like, uh, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff, man. Oh, um, you know, Definitely good to hear. And when you said that Gortat is your the number three wizard of the decade, you are really starting to dig deep pretty early. That's wow. It's not great. I mean, Nene, uh, Otto Porter, like those are the other names in, in contention here. You know, maybe two years of Trevor Ariza. It's just uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's not a whole lot. A lot of solid role players, but uh, we had a general manager that was kind of big on uh, bringing in guys, you know, after their prime and, you know, the Drew Goodens, the Al Harringtons, the mm-hmm. Paul Pierce's after uh, their best days were kind of behind them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, kind of like, you know, my Cowboys had a spell of that with, with Drew Bledsoe and Eddie George and you know, the name. Oh, yeah. But yep, the yep. game, not so much at that point in time in their career. You can only have so many retreads come through. That's right. Man, man, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. And look, everything you've done in route to getting to Believe in Wizards podcast, all the places you contributed, you know, uh, I didn't even mention everywhere you'd written, uh, but all kinds of good work there. What you and Larry Hughes are doing on the podcast now, uh, we're all sitting here waiting to see when live stuff resumes and how Adam Silver is going to navigate all this. But you know, it's a minute by minute thing, but. Uh, you continue to stay healthy and safe up there and, and we'll all just wait and see what happens when we can talk about some live stuff and, you know, not just last dance or classic games from the archives again. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have some, uh, some good John wall news to talk about the next time I talk to you, but Hey, thanks for having me on. We appreciate it. Congratulations on the new show. It's really good stuff. I hope everybody, uh, you know, down in big blue nation there is, uh, is checking in and or tuning in to you and, I know we get some uh, some big things coming up, so looking forward to seeing what you come up with next. Hey, man, I appreciate it, Matt. Y'all follow him at Matt Moderna on Twitter, Believe in Wizards on Twitter, and check him and Larry Hughes out every single week. They are definitely bringing it. Thank you so much, Matt. Appreciate it. It's been a fun show, y'all. Been an episode there. It's wrapping it up. Y'all check it out. As I've mentioned, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, CastBox, anywhere you get your podcast, you can get Believe in Kentucky. Latest episode here with Matt Moderno 
It's going to drop later tonight, so y'all be sure to check it out. We had fun talking about it, and we'll be back with more episodes in the future. This is Believe in Kentucky. This is Vinny Hardy. Y'all have a good night. Thank you again, and take care, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.